This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. This week, I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Lindsay Wynn, to the show. She is the founder and CEO of Momotaro Apotheca. Some of you might be familiar with her already. We have been running a lot of podcast ads with their team, with their product line, and we thought it would be so amazing to bring Lindsay on the show to share more about reimagining the feminine care aisle and really how we can begin to incorporate body-safe ingredients and as you'll hear is a big theme on this podcast, just options, more options into how we sexually take care. On this episode, Lindsay shares with Bedside listeners how she got started building Momotaro Apotheca, what her integrity behind body safe ingredients looks like, and why she felt like she needed to find a solution, a better solution to the feminine care aisle that currently exists. We talk about tackling chronic UTIs, yeast infections, and BV, and really finding alternative methods other than going down the route of prescriptions and antifungal topicals. We also chat about really where vulva vaginal care is headed, the good, the bad, the ugly, what is up, and really how we can begin to revolutionize the way that we take care. I loved this conversation with Lindsay. She brings such a wealth of knowledge and of course, like so many life experiences that I feel like we can all relate to. And it really was the foundation of why she decided to start Momotaro in the first place. So I'm thrilled to have Lindsay on. I know you're going to learn so much. Before we get into this episode, I'm really excited to share with you guys that I will be speaking at an event in New York City on February 8th, and I would love to personally invite you to come there. It's free. It's with DVF, Goop, and Wanderlust. They are hosting this event, and I will be one of the panelists amongst many other amazing sexperts. The entire event is centered around sexual wellness. We're going to be having talks. There's going to be amazing goodie bags, food, a time to mingle. So I would love to see you there. February 8th at the DVF headquarters and meatpacking. I mean, how iconic. I would love for you to come by. I will link the Eventbrite in the show notes. It is free, like I said, and come pop on by. Get a little dose of that pre-Valentine's Day zing you're looking for. It's going to be such a fun conversation, and I'd love to have you there. All right, I'm linking that in the show notes, and with that said, let's get into our conversation with Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the Bedside Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Tatiana. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. This is going to be really fun. Okay, so you are the founder of Momotaro Apotheca, but I think the first question I really want to ask you is how did you even get started into making your own product in this space? Like, what is your backstory? Yeah, this is always, you know, what people ask, because I don't think anybody like grows up as a kid and is like, you know what I want to do? I want to take care of vulva vaginal health. So of course, there's got to be like a bit of a backstory here. 
And, you know, there's a, there's a few ways to enter into this. I worked in the beauty industry as a photographer full time. And I was in my mid twenties, kind of, you know, frustrated with work. And at the same time, I had a new sexual partner. Here I am 27, just floating along, no big deal, probably, you know, having a lot of sex in all the ways that I shouldn't using bad lube, bad condoms, etc. But the, the real breaking point was for me, um, my partner and I, embarrassingly enough, had sex in a hot spring, which sounds hot, but highly do not recommend for the people. Um, was it like a natural hot spring? Like when you're on a hike? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably salmon spawning somewhere down the river, which is so disgusting. But uh, part of the journey, and so we're here, and I thought it was hot, and I didn't know how to say no, even though I was like, this is probably not healthy for my vaginal microbiome. Like, I think when you have a vagina, you do, you have some inclination of like, this is probably not a good idea. Having sex in open water is not a good idea. And so whatever, you know, long story short, we go home and in the next day or so, I end up with this like raging, raging yeast infection. And it was the first time I had ever had one in my life. And I was so embarrassed, didn't know what to do. Obviously, first thing I head to is, is the drugstore to get a monostat. You know, I spent some time Googling. And this was my first answer. This is kind of the second part of where, for me, I went wrong. Um, this monostat and, you know, a lot of over-the-counter medications can send your system into a tailspin. Um, one of the things that it does is it ends up uh, getting rid of, it gets rid of basically the good bacteria with the bad and, and, and puts you at kind of a different type of imbalance. And so my system had a really hard time recovering on top of the fact that a monostat was incredibly uncomfortable for me and burned the shit out of my vagina, um, it just turned into cyclical problems. I got BV after that. BV turned into a, a kidney infection that I was hospitalized with. From there, it turned into you know just recurrent issues, tons of irritation, inflammation, um, and and again, it became cyclical. And and if you end up kind of learning a lot about the vagina, a lot of the over-the-counter medicines that we have and how we treat them does create cyclical issues. And so after months and months of frustration, I turned to the internet, like, again, one does. And like, if you can Google it, I have done it. I tried all the DIY things. I've stuck garlic up my vagina. I've soaked tampons in yogurt. Like, <laughs> it's gross. I can admit it now. But like, at the time, I was just like, oh my God, what the fuck do I do? And I, I was just so desperate for any solution because everything that was on the market didn't work for me. And and then of course, in turn, a lot of the like, you know, if you will, Googleable natural remedies didn't work. And so as this journey continued, I started to find some things that would provide relief, some wouldn't. And I was like, we can do this better. I was ready for a career change. And um, I was lucky my partner was in, um, you know, biology and chemistry as well as sustainability. And we began formulating something together to create a solution for myself. Wow. All right. So long story short is that Lindsay has done everything in the book and then figured out how to make real product so you don't have to be the one putting garlic and yogurt up your vagina. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. There are better ways. There are absolutely better ways. You don't have to smell like a garlic clove. You don't have to do like an upside down backwards shoulder stand to like, I mean, like if, yeah, it's, it's so gnarly. And the craziest thing too, on top of that is like, the solution, those were the solutions that I was given, like one of 
pharmaceutical that didn't work that statistically, you know, is, is not super efficacious. And then two, all of these like crazy remedies that are like nobody in their mid twenties or at any age wants to have to do. Yeah, exactly. You were like, so there has to be a middle ground here between these prescription or over the counter products. And then these very like witchy woo woo practices, which we're not here to shame witchy and woo woo, but you know, there is, <laughs> there's no, totally. like, no, I agree. Like, like, I, I mean, if I could have held at the moon and like done 12 circles around an oak tree and gotten rid of this shit, I for sure would have, but that wasn't the case. I am lucky my business, you know, my partner still, he, you know, we looked directly through to in vitro studies. There is so much science and natural science with ingredients that is incredibly efficacious. So we took the natural route, but, you know, found a way to do it that was absolutely rooted in science. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to like go into your ingredients in that process. But before I do, I think it would be really beneficial to talk a little bit about the process and kind of like what actually happens when we go take those over-the-counter medications and maybe why it left you in a place with like cyclical recurrent vaginal concerns. Yeah, totally. And and this is this is really common. And, and like I mentioned kind of in, in the intro story is that um, a lot of these medications, be them antifungals or antibacterials and things like that, um, bring your system like not down to neutral, but like past that, right? You're, you're getting rid of all of the good flora in your vaginal microbiome. So it's really hard for your system to just bounce back to its regular balance. It all of a sudden slingshots it in the exact opposite direction. And so like, if you have BV and you're given a myconazole, that was, that was the first thing. Like I didn't even get rid of my BV. It went straight to a kidney infection, this medication. I didn't even have a UTI first, which was like so wild. And, and truthfully, my doctor still doesn't know. They're like, I guess it's just because, uh, you know, it got rid of all of this bacteria. You had no way to fight the bad bacteria that is just comes from like your urine and normal life. There's bacteria all over our bodies. So, you know, it's for me, it's, it's those extreme, the extreme, I guess, efforts we put into getting rid of these, you know, yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis and UTIs that really aren't, aren't super sustainable. We need something at the very least a preliminary approach, right? I went from zero to a hundred. Like I could have probably used 10 other things before I used a monostat to see if those would have worked before I shocked my system. And, and that's really where I think like vaginal care like needs a lot of changes. Everything is this like post acute symptomatic option. You're like, okay. And again, sorry to be graphic, but for people that have had yeast infection, you're like, okay, I have this like gnarly cottage cheese, like discharge coming out of my vagina. Like what the fuck is going on? I just need to get rid of it. But people who get them recurrently, you know, you're like, Ooh, I have that tingle. Maybe I had an extra margarita last night and like the sugar doesn't agree with me. Or maybe like I had a bunch of rough sex and like that or bad lube or whatever it is. There's a million and one things that, you know, we can do that affect our vaginal microbiome and vulva. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, I, I'm thinking now, I can't remember if it was BV or UTI I had, but I immediately got prescribed like some 
medication for it. I can't remember what it was. And then the doctor was like, you're also going to need this because this medication usually causes a yeast infection. So here's a secondary like antibiotic for the yeast infection that's inevitably going to come on. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, but at the time I didn't have the language or the tools or even the alternative resources to like go about it in a different way. It was more just like, okay, like this is the protocol that we do. But it's crazy how it just kills the entire biome and like bacterial system in your vagina and your around your vulva. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's it is really interesting. Like those medications that and like I'm sorry, I always mess up how you say them. It's met metron metronidazole and clindamycin are it can be taken by pill. They can be put up your vagina and they do, they give you a yeast infection. It's super common. And like, then your yeast infection, like, you know, can disrupt your vaginal pH and then you get BV again, or like you get BV because, um, the pH of your blood is different than, um, you know, the pH of your vaginal microbiome. Semen is also different. So it like, you're given these medications and, and this is so common for, for vulvovaginal vaginal health and a lot of like, quote unquote, like women's issues is that like, we're so used to doing things to our body because it's like the only option and just being like, okay, like I always laugh when I see those like TikToks of like the girls, like opening up the like, beware of the like, uh, birth control, like pamphlets. They're just like terrifying. And people are like, so shocked by that. I'm like, yeah, I was, I was doing this when I was 15 and it's like, might cause a heart attack. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. It's, it's wild. It's just like, and I'm so happy that people are finally talking about it. And I feel like this new generation is so much more aware of stuff like this. Whereas like, I think a lot of our generation was very much like, oh, this is what you do. Like, these are the steps you take. Like, this is the only option. And it's just really exciting to know that there are people out there who are creating more options, right? Like, whatever you choose, you choose. Like, no shame. Do whatever you need to do. But it's like, can we just have more options? A hundred percent. Like, I mean, if you get a kidney infection, you have to take the antibiotics. I think it could kill you. You could go septic. Like, it's not, I, I love that you say that. And you know, vulval vaginal health and sexual care is absolutely about not shaming people, right? Like it's, we always say it's a lot of wells that lead to the same river, which is why we create a lot of different types of products. But, you know, for us, yeah, we just wanted to give people a prophylactic, which, you know, is really important to us and organic option because you don't have to wait till you're super uncomfortable till your symptoms are, you know, like so bad that you have to end up going to the gynecologist to get help. Like we, we really are so much more in tune with our bodies than people realize, especially something so intimate as our like vulvovaginal health. Like, you know, what's up. I will say like the best way to feel your vagina is like to not feel it. That's when I know I'm like all good. It's like, if I don't have to think about it. (laughs) That's great. No. And I mean, yeah, I, it's exciting too, because I keep like really kind of aligning, you know, the way that we so care about like our skincare routines and we care about our beauty routines. Like we're on the cusp of heading that way with our sexual wellness. It's just a matter of time. And like, it's just, it's so exciting to see people who are dedicating time and education and resources around stuff like this, because we just need more options. But you know, what I really, really want to ask you is, okay, so you were at this point, you and your partner were like, 
we're ready to maybe develop some product. What would like what were the findings? How did you know that you wanted to go down this like more homeopathic route? Like what was the like initial research around ingredients like? Where where did you kind of begin with it all? Yeah, I mean, it was super, like, super, super grassroots. I started taking a bunch of different homeopathic, like, options and going to naturopaths and stuff like that because there's only so many options when you go to a lot of, like, what, like traditionally Western doctors. They all tend to prescribe you the same thing. A lot of people who deal with these issues will say, like, I went to five different doctors. They all told me to do the same thing, and it didn't help. And so we took to naturopathic uh, doctors to kind of lead us in the direction that I wanted to go. I was finding some relief, but not entire relief um, from different types of like suppositories and different types of diets, a candida diet, a cleanse, fa-la-la. And so we kind of started like aggregating information, like doing our own research. And like I said, testing it on, unfortunately testing it on myself, which I don't recommend. That's not the safe thing to do, but um, you know, it led us here. And we spent a lot of times in the bookstore. Like our, our company is based in Portland, Oregon, um, where we do all of our manufacturing. It's where most of our ingredients are sourced, et cetera. And so we were sitting on the floor of Powell's Books. If people know what that is, it's this very iconic bookstore. And like, you know, put, like covered in books, hundreds of like old school homeopathic medicine bo- books, homeopathic pharmacopoeia books, and beginning to aggregate studies and information around these things that we wanted to bring to this like, super product. I'm like, why am I taking three different products or doing five different things for basically one issue or one area of my body? So we wanted something that would, you know, soothe the vulva and the inflammation that would had properties or, you know, aspects of ingredients that would actually fight the root of the issue rather than mask it, which I think is really a really important differentiation of like, vulvovaginal healthcare products like we are not trying to mask or change anything we're trying to solve the root issue and so yeah we started testing from there we had a still we started distilling our own herbs from local farms this was at one point sold in like i'm not sure it was like a tin can um and we started giving it out to friends and and seeing what they thought and like and that also, I think, was such a huge catalyst is when we began to like talk about what we were making and share it with folks. You know, so many friends of mine were like, oh, my gosh, I have this sh- this issue. Oh, my God, I'm dealing with this. And, and so much of that community um, support and conversation has really helped us develop uh, the products that we have today, you know, because it is it's insanely common. Yeah, it's so cool. And your collection of products is so great. Like I am really obsessed with kind of like your tonics and your oils and it just feels so luxurious around the body. And it's so funny, but like I find when after I shower and like I put all the oils on and I use the tonic on my vulva, like I am so much more. I don't know if like people tell you this or this you've experienced this too yourself. I'm so much more susceptible to like have sex because I'm like all oiled up and like feeling so <laughs> yes. I, I kid you not, Lindsay. Like every time I use your product, it's like I either I'm having sex or I'm just masturbating. Like it, like I just feel like so like in my <laughs> You're like sexy. You're like I'm wet. I'm all like oiled. You're like I feel good. And I I'm gonna use this word and I don't like to, and we can talk about this, but like you feel all clean and fresh. And that's a word that I think has a lot of stigma in this sexual health space. But like you get out and like for me, I'm the same way. I'm like, I feel confident. I'm like, I'm fresh out of the shower. I know I'm doing everything in my power to take care of my like vulva, my vulva vaginal health. And like, 
that that to me is sexy. The way we like touch our bodies when we get out of the shower is sexy. And like putting something that's like on your skin that is like it feels good, not to mention like touch is so important as well. And like the self-care around that. Like there's so many people out there that like don't touch their vulvas, don't talk about it. That like there's something really empowering about that. And like we aim to like be a part of that conversation. Like like self like self-care is self-touch. Like sexual health is everything from pain to pleasure and the like recognition that those live on a spectrum that that one should not be considered with the other those things coexist in a good healthy sexual life whether it's with yourself or with a partner right you're like shit i don't feel good like i my god when i'm hung over like masturbation is maybe the only thing that fixes it <laughs> you know like you need some serotonin like that helps you in so many other aspects of your life. Oh my God, it's so true. And I couldn't agree more. And I think I, we'll get into this more because I, I really want to hear more about like routines and stuff from you. But I just, I really fully believe in like, the 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 ritualized process of body care where it's like it's not just a f- the fact that you're providing like a tool for relief or a tool for getting your serotonin going it's like the process that leads up to it and even the process after that is also so equally important so it feels like this whole amazing package deal you know yeah and and we don't we you know i think as like millennials and just in general like the world right now, like socially and culturally doesn't, and this is changing, but like doesn't often promote that idea that you should be taking time for yourself and self-care. And like the benefits that that have, that that has are, are so much bigger than you actually realize, whether it's that 10 minutes in the morning to meditate, whether you're taking time to masturbate, but like, yeah, the ritualistic process, those things that are for you and for you only that you know will provide benefits throughout the day are, are so, so important. I can't like um, you know, advocate for that enough. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're in this bookstore, you're like getting all of the ingredients going. What were like some of your biggest findings in terms of like, you know, getting ingredients that weren't going to like harm the biome, but we're going to kind of like match with it and hang out in its ecosystem without causing irritation. Like I, I'm curious to know more about that. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of pieces that play into how we make our products and how we kind of like discovered that. So a few of the ingredients that we like started to see were recurrent in these studies that we were looking at were tea tree and golden seal. And they have an active constituent called berberine and berberine is, has been studied time and time again to treat symptoms and treat yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis specifically. And there's there's really wonderful data behind those. And so we started to look at that. And then we're like, okay, we're going to add the calendula. Calendula is something that's going to soothe the skin and jojoba, add moisture. Um, echinacea is one for me that everybody recognizes as, as something they intake like orally, but echinacea is super efficacious when applied topically. So when we think about micro tearing and irritation on the vulva or the vagina, like let's help close those cuts. Let's help heal that skin so that you don't have to have an issue. And so we started bringing these ingredients together to figure out what like super product we were going to make. And we just started playing around. Um, we always wanted to make uh, an, intra- an intravaginal product that has barrier to entry because it's technically like a drug when you put it inside. So we started thinking, how are we going to make something that is absorbed and efficacious through the mucous membrane? And 
so that's what we we started doing when we choosing those ingredients and then kind of the next step from there and i think this is sometimes where things get sticky for people because there's definitely concern around some of the ingredients we use like tea tree right they're like oh it's so gnarly it could burn the skin but the way that we create our, our products is we basically make this giant tea and we encapsulate our active constituents within a lipid so it's protected all of this like big hard-hitting berberine is protected by a layer of fat so like what is hitting your skin truly is this nice luxurious like jojoba rather than the active constituent and so you feel the coolness but it doesn't burn if you were to put tea tree oil directly on your vulva it would absolutely burn the shit out of you don't do it highly do not recommend but so that's that's we figured out and like as we went through this like ingredient research is how to use these hard hitting ingredients within products that were still skin safe and body safe. And so we worked with estheticians, we worked with naturopaths, gynecologists, you know, chemical formulators to help figure out how to do this. And it took us, I mean, it took us years. We probably started Momotaro, like started it like five years ago. And really we're just kind of like in the last two or three is when we've really launched products to the public, you know, in a safe and sustainable way. And and yeah, now we're here. It's really inspiring to like think of how different ingredients can translate into like different body safe mechanisms. I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned like about cuts and sores. I know on the low, your salve is really good for people who struggle with potentially STIs and herpes. And although I know that's like not specifically a claim that we can like go out and make because that usually has a lot of like FDA approvals and crazy testing and whatever. The FDA is annoying as shit. We can get into that another time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know, I want to hear about like kind of those solutions as well and and how you've really like worked to formulate for that. Yeah, totally. This is and this is a really important piece and this kind of speaks to that those early days of like giving our product out to people that like needed to find solutions for not only what I was dealing with but like we realized there's just a myriad of things that people deal with, right? The list is very long and so like whether it's lichen sclerosis or we had one girl that introduced us to something called internal vaginal eczema, which I imagine you can understand is extremely painful. Um, vulvar psoriasis, all of these skin conditions um, that surround our pelvic region, even ingrown hairs and like Bartholin cysts. Like I could go on and, I, and I'm sure some people like out there are like, oh my God, I have a Bartholin cyst, also common. But we started to like kind of reverse engineer and retroact like look retroactively at our products so that we could point to some of the other properties on how they might soothe and soothe is a word we use a lot and that's very specifically because of the fda like you said it's very difficult we can't at least with the products we have on market right now say we treat anything because of that and, and like that's okay soothing is really important um and you know take the product and read the reviews and see what else it'll do for you but yeah like STIs are, you know, incredible, can be itchy, they can be inflammatory, they can, you know, cause a lot of discomfort. And so we point to our ingredients, especially around HSV care to help soothe, and then like help, help heal those bot those body parts, like, 
you know, wherever it may be, it's, it's, it can be applied topically to, you know, to the bud, to the anus, to the vulva. And, and those are very real parts that are affected by STIs often and they're all body safe. So what we do use is a regulatory um, acronym that's called FDA GRASS and it's generally regarded as safe. And um, these are generally speaking ingredients that are approved safe by the homeopathic pharmacopoeia. Um, they're like very studied. They've been used for thousands of years, et cetera. And so, yeah, like calendula on a, like an open, like an HSV sore can feel very soothing. You want to protect it. And, and depending on where you are, we have lots of very authentic, you know, authentic and open conversations with people. Like some people say they want to dry out maybe an HSV breakout, but some people want to have it covered at first while the skin is breaking, things like that. And so you know, there's a lot of different ways to kind of skin a cat or we make like the tonic. A lot of people put the tonic um, in directly in the bath for that like antimicrobial and soothing benefit instead of like a soap that can have fragrance in it that might be incredibly irritating. Yeah, totally. Um, I have such a funny story. I also have a story of being in a hot spring. I was in Mammoth and I like was at really high altitude and like not sleeping and like just going really hard like on the slopes and we went to this hot spring and I like got a herpes sore on my mouth after being in a hot spring it was a combination of things because there was like stress and being in the altitude but like it was the final cherry on top of like getting actual like bacteria in and around my mouth because like we were just like steaming it up you know (laughs) I've definitely been to those hot springs you take like a big long walk right yeah and then like sometimes they're full but sometimes you're like laying in like 12 inches of water like trying really hard to be like I'm in a hot spring be like not in it yeah and like that's when we think about our bodies like we had there's so many different types of triggers right and like it takes all those different pieces to sometimes lead to like yes an hs hsv outbreak be it like one or two doesn't matter like your body's under stress or or say like you're putting your actually like bv and yeast infection can because you're like your system is at risk you can be at risk for more stis and those are not stis but getting stis because your system doesn't have you know, as much immunity or like you've been drinking and having sex and sitting in a hot tub. And then you're like, yeah, I have a yeast infection. Like this, this goes back to that whole idea around like holistic care and like prophylactic care and having something that it's like, okay, like I'm going to use the salve on my vulva or I'm going to put the salve on my lips, whatever it may be. Um, you know, take the vitamin, drink the water, et cetera. Like we're, Western culture is so okay with that. They'll tell you to eat kale all day long, but like, God forbid we say do something with your vagina. They're like, oh my God, it's self-cleaning. It's fine. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> Yeah, wait, let's, let's like bust some myths here. Like I kind of want to like get into some of that with you because there's so much rhetoric around like it's self-cleaning, don't touch it, never use soap. Like I, like is bar soap bad to use? Like I, I'm like in the shower using all the products, like using a bar soap like up and around my vulva obviously like not inside but like I don't know it's just interesting like there's this like we we provide so many products for so many other facets of our wellness but then it comes to like our sexuality and our sexual wellness and people are like no don't get don't even get near it (laughs) totally totally which is which is really harmful I like I really appreciate like the democratization of education on TikTok, but 
it's generally created a lot of polarities in our space specifically. Like, like, you know, people are like, the vagina is self-cleaning, don't fuck with it. And it's like, yes, the vagina is self-cleaning, but do you know what that, do you know what that means? The vagina is the internal part. It's the vaginal canal. It's the inside of your body that then just, you know, it is used to dispel like dead skin cells and discharge and all of those things coming from your, you know, your cervix and your vaginal canal. That does not mean just because your vagina is self-cleaning that it is self-fulfilling, right? Your vulva can still hurt. Your vagina can still be itchy. It can be inflamed. And like a self-cleaning vagina might help that in the long term, but do you want to be uncomfortable for two weeks? Are you going to wait for this like thing to clear itself up and just like live in pain? Like that doesn't seem reasonable with all of the like science and things that we do um, and have learned. So there's a few things here. Like, yes, I do not, I don't recommend sticking douching douching is a big one it's generally very harmful there are definitely ways people like can find like you know very temperate distilled water to squirt up there like there's a lot of conversations that happen around that um and the birthing space but like you do not need to clean the inside of your vagina don't douche there you go that's my 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 opinion there uh bar soap bar soap can definitely be pretty harsh like i do not wash my vulva with like straight up Irish spring bar soap, nor do I imagine you are washing your vagina vulva with Irish spring though. There's something like kind of hot about that. (laughs) It's weird. Um, But like, yeah, like vulvas can be washed with warm water. That's what most OB-GYNs are going to recommend or a very gentle soap, like non-fragranced soap. Um, And I know there are some bar soaps that's, you know, kind of out there and we can send some recommendations. We have yet to make a vulva wash, but I know like Maud makes a really beautiful unscented vulva wash. Um, I think Dame Healthy Hoo Hoo is a a Portland company there, you know, there are a few out there and you'll find them in the quote unquote feminine care aisle, but they're usually extremely gentle pH balanced, um, and non-fragranced. But again, you don't always, you don't need to wash your vulva sometimes like, yeah, maybe there's a bunch of blood on it. Maybe there's, you know, semen or leftover lube or who knows, like that happens. We're also not in the business of shaming. Like not everybody's going to live this like perfect prescriptive life like you should have fun and and have tools to care for yourself after the fact and sometimes that means washing your vulva sometimes it doesn't for us also like we make products that go on your vulva to help with itching and inflammation there is no shame around that we're not trying to change your vulva your vagina we're not trying to make it smell different what we're trying to do is help your body heal from the root cause and soothe the itching and irritation that's okay like you don't need to be uncomfortable. You take Advil for, you know, menstrual cramps. Like you put a cold pack on whatever your head, if you bump it. And like, you know, there's options for your vulva and your vagina as well. And that's okay. And like, you don't have to feel shame around it. Valentine's Day is fast approaching and I have the best gift for you and your lover. It's the Mindful Intimacy Card Game Deck by Wanderlust. You've heard me say it many times before, I am obsessed with this game and that is why it's ranking number one as my top Valentine's Day gift. It is perfect for date nights, it's perfect for quality time, it's easy to play 
and you get to learn more about yourself, your relationship, your sexual desires with the guided prompts that are in this game and it makes it so easy and fun to do so. There are 138 prompts and action cards divided into two levels based on sex therapy principles and it's therapist approved. Wanderlust is offering bedside listeners an exclusive discount code when you head to wanderlust.co backslash bedside and use the discount code bedside at checkout. That's wanderlust.co backslash bedside using the discount code bedside, B-E-D-S-I-D-E. Have you ever wondered what your therapist is thinking about during a session or have you wondered about their own love and sex life? On Safe Word, two therapists, Casey and Camille, answer listener-submitted questions about their sex, relationships, and identity while sharing their own messy stories along the way. Not only do you get a peek into the inner lives of therapists, Safe Word is a reminder that we are all beginners when it comes to queer relationships. They cover topics such as new relationship energy, breakups, trauma, guilty pleasures, and relationship conflict. Find Safe Word, that's one word, wherever you find podcasts, including Spotify, Amazon Music or Apple Podcasts. To have your questions read on SafeWord, go to their bio at SafeWordPod or at Queer Sex Therapy's Instagram page. SafeWord is sex therapy unhinged. I, I agree with you. And I, I mean, I do think like it is interesting because like I actually have seen the TikToks that are like, don't do anything like on your vulva, like no products, it's self-cleaning. And I'm like, yeah, but also like, again the theme of this podcast is there a middle ground you know like is there yes. is there gray yes area? it's 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 not a binary and and actually you should be able to talk to your medical professional and like ob about that and be like hi I know but I'm uncomfortable please help and so like we aim to you know eventually like right now we're dipping into that space like we're like hey like look this like waving our hands in the air like this is all natural this is body safe like and this will help your patients you know and so that's that's kind of a big next leap for us ah that's so exciting oh my gosh that's a really cool market to head into there's so much there you did a really cool campaign and I kind of like want to hear more of your thoughts around it a couple years back around vagina is not a dirty word so can you like share a little bit about that what sparked the idea to get going totally totally and I love that and it's such an important campaign for us because um, as a company in general like for people who are listening we don't use um, any gendered language Um, we don't say like for context I'm you know saying things about the feminine care aisle because that's a place you have to go in a store but we always say vulva vaginal health and wellness we talk about our vagina we talk about our vulvas and and we, we use this anatomically correct language as a way to like level the playing field. We, we are so often like, you know, kind of forced to shy away from these conversations and we use words that mask meaning, whether it's like, you know, pussy. And some of these words can be great, you know, but like some of them clam, like beaver, whatever it may be, some like some of those are, words are, are, are kind of offensive. Um, and I found when I was like going to, sh- to find products, a lot of these products like made me feel super embarrassed and they made me feel like my vagina needed to smell like a garden or a peach or a, you know, whatever. And so I was like, you know, it was, it was kind of like two things. I'm like, one, this sucks. This doesn't affirm me. I don't want to have to use fake words for like a very normal, uh, part of my body and very issues, very normal issues I'm facing. And then two, I want to be able to talk to my partner about it 
without feeling embarrassed. And so like, yeah, like I'm not going to like walk and be like, Hey dude, my fucking clam hurts. Like, that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like I'm it's so like, gross. Now I'm like a 33 year old woman that like just needs to be like, this is what's happening to my body because yes, some, I mean, things happen to our body, people with vaginas every month we go through a cycle. Like that's part of our identities from, you know, puberty and through menopause, not a dirty word is just an effort to be like, say it. And like, we can, you know, be, we can be the boisterous brand that talks about this and puts this out in the world. So that maybe somewhere someone feels more comfortable talking to their partner, their parent, a sibling, whatever it may be about the issues that they're, they're facing or like, and this could be everything again, from pain to pleasure. Like I want to have sex. Where do I, where do I, how do I do that? Where do I put these things? What, you know? And so it just, it's all about like opening up the conversation, leveling the playing field and, and giving people the ability to talk about their bodies and advocate for them, which we know people with vaginas have, have not for since the dawn of time. It's like really exciting to see like just brands on an initiative to actually change the behavior because I think there are so many, as you know, brands and companies out there in this space who just like don't care about that at all. And it's just like shrink it and pink it and feminize it. And it's like, hey, there's a lot more to this than just this like extra girly take care of your vulva vagina vibe. (laughs) Totally. And you know, that's like, to me, that's so important. Like we've gotten into this space and like, we are inherently political, right? You go, you know what we stand up for, you know, I mean, just in general, it's it's hard, hard to miss. And like, at the same time, like where we can be like, who, who raw, like, feminism and like vaginas all day long like I really cringe at the idea of pink pussy hat feminism and this like ultra femme idea of like this is what advocacy should look like and so we really try to like democratize our visuals our language and our education to to really expand outside of those ideas and like you know just that 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 thing you just shared with me about being you know nervous at the gynecologist that's another big, huge part of our business that we try to advocate for is creating comprehensive education. And so we actually create like doctor checklists written by ob guys to go in there so that you can be like, this is what I want to talk about. And so you don't forget, or you're not nervous or like how to pick out a doctor. Like ultimately like to the folks listening, like your, your ob guy works for you. You should have a good relationship with them. You should not be nervous to ask them for anything and you should definitely not feel shame from them which is also very common you know you get these like old school doctors and you're like you're like well I just like want to really try something different like da, da, da. they should listen to you that they should listen to you and they will tell you you know their professional opinion one way or the other and like but at the very least you know you advocated for yourself and that that's really really important to me at least oh that's such a great takeaway like anyone who is just like nervous to go or scared to even speak up about maybe something that they're dealing with to like create even a notes on your phone, right? Being like, okay, these are the things I want to talk about. And (laughs) like really, like I said, though, like I think it's getting better, you know, like I think people are feeling much more comfortable, but I mean, gosh, I was like 16 going into the OBGYN and being like, I can't, I can't say it, you know? (laughs) I, I, I would like to think our, like we have such an incredible, like youth generation coming up but but that's a bit uh that's maybe a bit naive you know like I am a coastal millennial living in Brooklyn at the moment I grew up in like on the coast and so I know there's there's obviously progressive political and social values there but like 
uh, you know, I hope one day we can reach some of the people like, you know, in the Bible Belt, like, and or wherever, like, you know, people that have no sex education accessible to them. Like, we obviously see a lot of, um, a lot of conversations and political movements to bar additional sex education in places like Florida and Texas and, you know, Tennessee. I mean, all these places. And so, you know, hopefully the internet will provide access to those pieces and still empower like our young people to advocate for themselves and, and ability to learn and grow. But, you know, we've, we've got to pave the way or at least help them to the best of our ability. Yeah, absolutely. I, no, it's, it's so great. Um, I wanted to kind of switch gears though for a moment and ask you about this new product that you guys are launching. Is it, is, remind me, is it a suppository? Yes, we actually have two coming out, but our big one is, well, I guess they're both big depending on what you deal with, but we, and this is also your first like vaginal product, yes. right? It's not just yes. vulva yes, product. Yes. So that's okay. an important differentiation is that like this product, it's a, it's a vaginal suppository. It is a certified organic, hundred percent homeopathic, um, medicine, which is actually a like a legal label. Um, we talked a little bit about the FDA, but this is um, also a governing body that allows us to make claims against a product. And, and that's really important. So this will this will be inserted intravaginally up into the vaginal canal. If you have a yeast infection or BV or, you know, any sort of internal tearing, itching, vaginal dryness, things like that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a homeopathic it's a homeopathic medicine. It, 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 there's a drug facts panel on it. And like, that's a big deal for us because we can actually go and sit on the shelf next to say a monostat or say a vagicil or an azo or something like that. And be like, here you go. Here are the facts. Here are the facts compared to this brand. Here's your natural and organic option. And like for us, if I, I, I always wonder and think back, if I would have tried the organic option first, would I, would I have not gone through like a year of suffering, you know? And like, you know, I think everybody wants to take the natural route first, right? You want to, you don't want to shock your system. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it's, it's good. It's a really big deal for us. It's launching um, just in a couple of weeks. I'm sure when this podcast comes out um, and yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. And then we're also making a UTI super supplement. So sustainability is a big part of our, uh, brand pillars. Um, and currently when you go to the doctor's office, you know, you're generally told to go get Demonos and you're told to get, um, cranberry and take all of these things at once or at different rates, depending on if you're acute or if you're preventing. And so we've created one supplement, um, that includes those two ingredients as well as other ingredients that have new studies behind them. Um, which I won't bore everybody with, but there's new information about how and why we get UTIs and these ingredients address those different bacteria rather than just the traditional E. coli, which um, the majority of people thought UTIs caused for like, you know, the past 30 years. Um, and so we put it all, we put it all in one and you can either take, you know, one as you know, one to two as your like daily supplement, if you know you get them recurrently, or you can take more if you're dealing with an acute infection, which is really awesome. You're buying less, um, you are like having to take less pills, you're putting less trash in the environment. And like a cool thing there is we're not putting them in a bottle. We have this like BYOB campaign coming out that's like bring your own bottle, add it to your pill packs, like it's that easy. Um, and they're and they're so cute. Like it's it's easy. It doesn't make you like walk down the like quote unquote them care aisle and feel embarrassed. They're like 
bright, beautiful boxes that are like, hey, it's all good. Like, take care of your vagina. It's super normal. Like recurrent UTIs. That is such a thing that I know so many people struggle with. Kind of what have been some of your findings around like why or how we kind of get in these loops with UTIs? You know, some of it's diet, some of it's the like bacterial exchange, some of it's dehydration. And it's a lot of different things. Like I said, a lot of the, um, a lot of the science early days was telling us that E. coli, which is, uh, you know, a bacteria that can come from your rectum, obviously our butts and our vaginas are very close together. And the exchange of bacteria um, happens pretty seamlessly from just the underwear we wear to sex to um, the way we like wipe our private parts when we're going to the bathroom, whatever it may be. And so a lot of people thought it was E. coli. So it's just like kind of this ever-present piece that's there. Um, A lot of irritation from sex. I know lots of people who get them recurrently because of like friction on their urethra, their urethral opening post-sex. So we're trying to come at it in a way that is like, you know, flushing your system. And one of the ingredients in our products actually, as opposed to just washing your urethral opening out, it's actually one of the ingredients kind of acts as a magnet to like clean that and then flush it out. So like cranberry is a diuretic and which is why it's partially powerful to help treat and prevent UTIs because it's help flushing that bacteria. But we can also add ingredients to that product with the diuretic to help not just flush it, but actually draw the bad bacteria out through and then down. Again, like just such a cool option other than just taking cranberry pills or chugging ocean spray or like having to go to take these. Yeah, like- do not chug ocean spray full of sugar, but pure pure cranberry or taking the pill can be helpful. But I definitely remember being a kid and was like, oh my God, how am I going to drink a whole gallon of cranberry juice? And your pee is like red and it's dye and it's, yeah, not good. The things that we did back in the day, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> Yes. Learn from our mistakes. Learn from our mistakes. Kind of like looping back to when we touched on our conversation about like staying sexually well. Um, You know, I love that your brand is just such a holistic approach to our sexual wellness. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to ask you about your own routines and regimens around staying sexually well. Like where does that start and end with you? What are things that you do every day or every month or yeah? Tell me, tell me all the routines. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not like this perfect princess wellness person. Like, I don't think that that exists, nor is that like a desirable lifestyle for me. Like I drink beer and I have sex with all sorts of people and I wear a wet swimsuit all day during the summer. Like, you know, I'm definitely like living my life. And so my routine is definitely important. So for me, like when I'm on my cycle and, uh, you know, I also, I have an IED, which I think is, has irritated my system a little bit more, but I do love it. So I'm keeping it. Um, I use, you know, the salve basically after every shower, um, on my vulva, definitely during, um, like I said, during my cycle, because the blood of my period in particular, this isn't for everybody, definitely irritates me and I get like a little bit itchy and inflamed. And so that's been really important for me and something that is, you know, something I do probably for around 10 days a month, um, kind of like pre and during, pre, during and post. Um, Water obviously is the be all end all of wellness routines, drink water, stay hydrated. Um, Sexual health, I, again, I sleep with um, all sorts of 
you know, sexualities and genders. So it doesn't matter what type of partner I have penetrating or not toys or not lubes, condoms, etc. I always use our products. I always like pee after sex, no matter what, because again, that's always proven to help me avoid UTIs. I apply our salve to the urethral opening. Um, we do also create a probiotic for somebody who has a, uh, sensitive vaginal microbiome. Um, we created a probiotic that addresses gut immune and vaginal microbiome health and is clinically proven to benefit those three things. And again, they all work together. So that is crucial. I take a probiotic every single day, um, which, you know, I've again found to be incredibly beneficial um, for body hair concerns, which is part of my sexual health wellness routine, I go in between, you know, waxing, I don't really shave that irritates me. I use our tonic religiously all over like newly shaved growing out waxes, etc. It's just really helped mitigate um, any like cystic kind of like acne bumps, grow ins, things like that. Um, has been really helpful. We have another product and I don't mean to lean just towards products, but our hydrosol, I do a lot of hot yoga and living in New York city. I can't always shower because not every yoga studio has a shower in New York city. And then you have to like walk home or get on the subway. Um, I spray this hydrosol everywhere, kind of all over my body to help um, prevent hopefully infection because I think a lot of people know this, but if you have like wet underwear on or a wet swimsuit. That's like the breeding ground for bacteria. So this is a natural antimicrobial and antifungal water-based spray that I take with me everywhere. Um, and those are my main ones. Like, and of course I was a huge proponent, like, you know, like get eight hours of sleep or whatever that is for you, be rested, drink water, like have those rituals or routines, like rubbing the sap or the tonic body oil all over. Like I take those extra 10 minutes for myself every single day. And it, it makes a difference that like 10 minutes you don't is way more harmful than the 10 minutes you do. Right. Totally. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I love um, kind of this idea of like habit stacking too, which is like taking like the tiny little increments that like add up and then they be they amount to that like larger kind of more meaningful way of you taking care of you so it's it's so great to hear and I love that tip around ingrowns and shaving because I think a lot of people struggle with that too I mean I lasered my whole body years ago do I kind of regret it a little bit but I mean wow has, your, has it grown back I just have to ask because I lasered and it's grown back like 90 so I have friends who are like I fully lasered at like and it's fully come back for me I'm like 90% gone um I also got like the OG really intense laser that like was so painful I don't even know how I did that back then but um now lasers are much more friendly and they don't hurt nearly as bad but totally. I'm definitely due for a touch-up I like for sure have to still like shave in yeah. and around all those areas so <laughs> well but at least the shaving is like way easier yeah mine is uh it, my whole situation is incredibly um just it's a really unique pattern of body hair, which I'm learning to love or shaving or waxing off, depending on my mood. <laughs> yep, exactly. You're like, okay, what am I feeling today? Yeah. Um, all right. My last question for you is what is currently on your bedside table? Ooh, that's such a cute question. Um, okay, well, conf confession, I live in two cities. Um, and so 
I my bedside table in Brooklyn right now has a has always has flowers on it. This is this is something that brings me joy. Cut flowers are not super sustainable confession, but I love the way they smell. Something that I wake up to every single um, day. Uh, not that interesting. My jewelry, my jewelry is like all gifted from family members, my grandparents and stuff, and it's very special to me. Um, I always have a Momotaro tonic usually on my, on my bedside table, um, a book stolen focus is what I'm reading at the moment, which is like how we stay focused on all of these things in this world that distract us. Great book. Highly recommend, um, a candle, pretty benign things. I wish it could be like a 10 inch double inch dildo, but I don't have that on my bedside table. It's probably hidden somewhere under my bed. I get gifted a lot of sex toys, but really benign, beautiful things because that's what makes me feel good when I wake up and when I go to bed, it, it makes me feel calm, makes me feel uh, like patient and, and yeah. Helps me rest easy. That's so great. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you share just your links and where we can go find your brand and potentially purchase some product? Yeah, totally. So you can find us at um, our website is momotaroapotheca.com. Um, I, I share that even though that's like kind of dated because our, our chat bot is an actual person. It's someone who we work with and, you know, she's a 28 year old living in Brooklyn answering questions. So if you have questions about the brand, um, that's a really great place to go. Um, our Instagram handle is love momotaro. Um, and again, I'm on there sometimes as well as some of our team, we have a ton of education on there as well as a very, very hands-on approach. Um, and those are the best pl two places to find us. Um, email to is all over our website. Um, we are a very small team. And like I said, easy to get a hold of. So please, please reach out. And, and um, you know, one thing I also like to add is, is don't hesitate to try the products. Um, we know natural is not for everybody. So we always tell people, try it. If you don't love it, we will happily refund you. Like, we want people to have the opportunity to buy these products and hopefully save them, save them a trip to the OB-GYN um, and, you know, feel better both like in a, you know, from pain to pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have had you here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tatiana. It was so nice to hang today. And um, yeah, can't wait to chat again. Yes. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening. Bye.